Tonight's Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast is always presented by our friends at Mechdyne, Mechdyne Corporation, which is headquartered up in Marshalltown. I uh, got an email this week from my good friend Chris up there at Mechdyne that their new e-learning support business uh, has gotten off to a rip-roaring start. Don't let technology issues stop teachers from teaching or students from learning. You can call the Mechdyne e-learning technical support line. This is great. I actually have a a neighbor who does uh, IT for one of the schools in the Des Moines area, and I told him about this, and I think they may be giving a call to Mechdyne. Check out more. Uh, If you're in IT or maybe you're you're a teacher and this is an issue, can't get the logins to work, basically this can be a technical support uh, backup for your school's technical support. It's it's very uh, out there as far as being up front with um, the modern day issues that we're all going through. My morning on on Monday is going to be virtual learning with my daughter, Cameron, who's in kindergarten. So check them out at mechdyne.com. They are the proud title sponsor of the Williams and Bloom Sunday Night Podcast. We also want to give a shout out before we begin to our super patron of the week. That is Luke Jones. Luke grew up in a house full of diehard Hawkeye fans. Sorry, Luke. But he was a Cub Scout when he got a free ticket to Jack Trice Stadium. He got a walking side football. He played on the hillside, watched Troy Davis, and that's when that love affair with the Cyclones began. Then, let's go to the junior year of high school. Luke was a frustrated Cyclone fan living in the middle of Hawkeye country up there in Osage. That's wrestling country up there. Osage is always a power. All the local media, they favored the Hawkeyes. That's where we came in. He found this free Cyclone site, cyclonefanatic.com. Had message boards, inside information. He was an OG of CF. Now his wife and three kids, uh, Lila, Landon, and Leighton, they still live in Iowa and rarely miss Cyclone football games. So shout out to you, Luke Jones. We appreciate you, my man. And uh, thank you for being the Cyclone Fanatic Patron of the Week. I bring in Brent Bloom now on the uh, Sunday night. Is it the quarantine anymore? Uh, I mean, we're technically playing football now. Yeah, we're still. It's still But we still can't go and do anything. Right. It does feel appropriate to pour a glass of Cody Road tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. And last night. Yeah, I did that last night, too. Yeah. Um... I'm going to roll with the Barrel Manhattan tonight. Okay. Actually, so Ryan over there was telling me that the Old Fashioned is like their hot selling one right now. Although I would guess based off of all the pictures we saw on Twitter that the Iowish cream liqueur is going to be number one here before too long. Because like everybody and their dog was buying a bottle of that and tweeting it at me. Felt left out. Um, I love this Barrel Manhattan. It's great. You just pour it on the rocks and you're going with the straight bourbon. I feel like you need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not a great day yesterday. It was not. Um, let's just let's just dive right yeah, in. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, how, how shocked were you at that outcome? You know, the result, I mean, just look at the scoreboard and very shocked. Like, that, that was nobody's 
realm of thinking. We knew Louisiana was good, um, but there's just there were obviously major factors that were involved that dictated. I mean, Chris, you go up two special teams touchdowns, and I would get your guess your percentage of winning is below oh, yeah. 2%. I mean, I'm sorry, just, I was just laughing there. This is totally, but whatever. The, it's the quarantine podcast. Well, Everything goes. So we were, I'm not, I, I, that was rude of me because I just totally interrupted. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm used to it by now. We were on our Cyclone Fanatic Slack channel last night, and yeah, we, were, we were talking about the day from a team perspective on our end, like how do we perform Yeah, um, with our new videos. Very well, I thought. Yeah, it went well. And I said, man, we've come a long way. And I, I sent the group a picture of the first video I did <laughs> from <laughs> on Cyclone Fanatic in 2009, and somebody... Just because it got put out on the on Twitter the inter- feed, internet, yeah, and somebody just texted me a picture of it and says this has serious quote low rent porn in two thousand and three <laughs> energy to it. That's why I started laughing. So I apologize. <laughs> yeah, you can't give up the turnout. You can't give up the special yeah. teams touchdowns. No, and um, and then the long what was eighty three yard touchdown pass on top of it. So do those things. By the way. You turn the ball over twice. You don't get a turnover. You just throw that all together. And granted, you know, I'd love love to get your thoughts a little bit too. I don't think Iowa State played well from the mechanics of it, right? Like, but still ran it okay. I mean, four and a half yards of carry is not bad. And then defensively, we're fine outside of the one play. So yeah. here, here's, here's where I'll start. And, and, and I, I kind of want to get into it. I don't think... There's stuff that's just structurally wrong, of where you could look at previous season openers like David Johnson and you and I in 13, and then North Dakota State in 14. When you give up 350 yards rushing in each of those games, where you go, uh oh. I thought the defense looked great. I thought other the, defen- than the one play. Yeah, defense was fine. Right. Um, Not and, fine. I thought they were good. Agreed. Honestly, like I, I mean, they got worn down a little bit at the end. In the but- last, it, it Iowa State and. They they waved the white flag in the last five minutes of the game. They just yeah. did. Yeah. Now, say what you want about it. Yeah. Uh, no one's a fan of that, but that's what happened. I mean, they just kind of gave up. It, the writing was on the wall. Uh, but if you look at just the the fundamentals here, I mean, you you ran the ball okay. You stopped the run okay. I don't know what was going on with the passing game. I think that's more fixable, C Dub, than if you can't stop the run or you can't run the ball. So, I mean, I, I don't think I, – I know it's overreaction Sunday. I don't think you look at that and go, well, season's over um, in a strange season. I mean, there, there, there are things that are, were obviously wrong Saturday, but I'm not – I'm not, well, just, you know, let's punt to 2021 all of a sudden. No, neither am I. Um, you know, the only thing – and I'm trying to write a column. I've been dad all day too. Uh, yeah, that's but, the other thing is I got home and it was like, uh, Straight into. I don't, really don't have time to think about this she's anymore. Which is handed you the kids, right? Which is kind of was refreshing in a way. It's like, well, don't yeah. have time to get be upset anymore because, yeah. So here's the one thing I would point at if we're look. My the column is basically like a good cop bad cop thing. Yep. So I'm I'm being like the optimistic fan, and then I'm going to be the negative fan, yeah. and I'm going to try and be somewhere in the middle. I think everyone's kind of in that same spot. The the bad cop in me. 
I think it's fair to question the offensive scheme as a whole at this point. Um, like the the stat of four point one yards per pass attempt. Strange. Like that lowest, is lowest it has been since the Texas game in F- Purdy's freshman year. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But like that, I went I went through all that today. It was historically low on the the yards per attempt. Like what I saw, and then I, I did. I've watched, I'm sick. I've watched the game three times. I've watched the offensive possessions three times. I just watched the defensive possessions once because I'll do that again. But I I think they'll be fine. Um, I was trying to figure out what the hell happened offensively. Right. And so this is my theory. After okay, I'd love to. I'd love to and let bounce it off feedback. Of right. My gut told me after watching it once, and I, I've, it's kind of been accentuated now. Actually, I haven't changed my mind. I think they went into that deal thinking that they were going to be able to just bulldoze that Louisiana yeah. defensive line, yeah. which they kind of did. They did early. Yeah. Well, I mean, bulldoze, not bulldoze, maybe they, like... It was effective. Brees had... I mean, they, they were at six yards a clip in the first half. And then... You know, I I couldn't have been more wrong at halftime when Brett and I came on here. Yeah. I thought I thought Iowa State was going to pull away in that second Same. half. I'm like, clones get, are way better get, than get this Get the team. ball, third quarter, go punch one in. And and then. I actually said on the broadcast, Brent, I was like, this Louisiana team isn't as good as I thought they were going to be. Because they were super conservative. I thought Haycock had a really nice game plan. The quarterback uh, wasn't really hurting you. Yeah, Billy Napier's... That they were really um, just, you know, third and seven. They were handing it off. They weren't. They were pretty vanilla with what they were trying to do. And Iowa State was able to get pressure. <sighs> Bankston, yeah, jeez. Jaquan was good. Josh Bailey was Josh good. Josh Bailey was so good. That's encouraging. Okay, so what I saw was one team really made adjustments at halftime. Another one didn't, and. My quite this has been a little bit of a critique, I think, of of Iowa State's offense for the last year and a half or so. Is I don't feel like they are doing a great job right now of putting playmakers like spaced out in a position to really utilize their talent. I mean, when your average is four point one yards per pass attempt, like yeah. you're you're not in space, you know. And so why is that? And this is where, I mean, I'm not a offensive line blocking scheme guru. I I don't know that stuff, but I do know that it they're not spreading the field out. They oftentimes are running into, you know, loaded fronts. Like I, I again, what's, like what's what's missing? Yeah, I that would be like the bad cop for me, um, because I. Brock Purdy's better than he was yesterday. Like, we all know that. He didn't have a great game. Uh, the offensive line pass protection really broke down when Downing left. Yep. Um, I mean, clearly missing Charlie Kolar was a was an issue. But you'd still like to be able to beat the Sunbelt team um, with all that. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to just I, – I, I don't think there's one aspect of the offense after watching that again that you can go like, oh, that's why they lost – I mean, Purdy wasn't good, but how many drops were there? Um, Too many. The offensive line wasn't great, but they gave up a lot of pressure. Um, you know, 
And then Brees can't fumble Brees the ball. fumble. Can't do it. That was a game changer. It was. You know, because I think the defense would have done its job, but, you know, had they punched. Regardless, um, yeah, Brent. It's, I, just, it's I, really – that, that the, was a tough one. The bad cop for me wonders if we've got a, major, a, a schematic problem with this offense but, and, and, and what do you here, do? Here's the issue, though. Um, and I saw a lot of, oh, this looks like, you know, what's wrong with Tom Manning stuff. I mean, it's the easiest thing to come, like, first and foremost. Yeah. I got a lot of that for people. It's like, what's wrong with Tom Manning? It's like, well, one, I don't know. You know, is it a systemic problem? But yet, you look at last year, and at times, same staff, and you put up school record and points and yards and, and all these things. Like, you can't, you can't ignore totally that agree. and say, well, now something's wrong because of... But, it, but then... Again, bad cop, K-State, Notre Dame, Louisiana, all troubling trends. If you look at those three, now the three before that, Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, monster yards and points. So, you know, where do you, where do you, where do you go? I mean, it's the same, it's the same staff, same system, same quarterback. Petway and Jones were both good receivers. What's the difference? Um, Kohler not being there as a safety blanket for Brock is, a, is an issue. And, you know, Brock is just not going to have a game like that again, in my opinion. It was just the guys couldn't quite get open or there was just enough of a timing issue that it wasn't working. But we know Tariq Milton is a player. Hutchison looks like a player. Um, you know those tight ends are, will be okay. Uh, maybe, maybe you're just missing – you just didn't have that separation yesterday. But I'm, I'm not – and I, I know I'm probably, you know, Cardinal Gold Kool-Aid, all that. I'm in not in panic mode over this. It was, it was troubling. And yet, um, I still think the pieces are there to, to still have a, a good enough season. So, but yeah, I, do I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's throw everybody out because of one game. No. Uh, the other bad cop thing, and then we'll get into the reasons to not panic. We won't do that for an hour, I promise. But it's just like this... The September thing, the slow starts. Like I mean, it, I I don't know. I and I don't I don't know what the deal is. I I really don't. But it's it's clearly a trend. This is not. Yeah. Now, but if to second that though, if everything else keeps up, they're going to be a lot better in two weeks. Right. And they haven't been good in an opener. I mean, the Iowa game was the opener two, two years, years ago. ago Three years were, ago, they they beat up on you and I. It was a bad you and I team. Um, Butler had a big day. Jacob Park had a big day. Jacob Park, yeah. But 16, they, Campbell's 2-3 and three in openers now. Yeah. Okay, so you're... 0-5 against Iowa. You're a Power 5 program, and you're 2-3 and three, um, in openers. So that's... Obviously, they know this. They And this is a weird year. And this is the other thing. Being up there, it was just strange. It was a... Yeah, was tell me a about completely it. Completely bizarre environment it felt it didn't feel like a spring game because it was the it was just it was weird it was like what was it like driving up there it was just like a normal day to work for me i mean there's nobody there's nobody there because there's nobody like tailgating like no, outside no, you, their houses because you get arrested they and 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 <laughs> right and then students were in the commuter lots like they normally are like they didn't have to move so all those lots were filled with just cars, but from the students, like it was a normal Tuesday afternoon. 
Uh, it was, and then the game. It's like I do think, in a weird way, away teams when there's no fans, I agree with are at an advantage. I agree because you you everything's the same for the home team, and then you the, then all you get all the pomp and circumstance, and yet you don't have that that juice behind. What you. was the, so I I was coaching soccer, and then I got here did. I mean, I, I literally turned on the TV at like 11.05. Like, I missed the opening okay. kick, okay? So, I didn't see any of the pregame stuff. Did they do the, like, cyclone weather alert? Like, Yeah. So, it was they like, tried a, did, did they do, like, the national anthem? Did they do? Yeah. I mean, all that was similar. There was just nobody there. Um, and then, but here's what I'm saying. Being on the road with the team before, there, you get a certain type of just amped up when you're on the road. Because you know it's something different. Yeah, even it. even though they're not there, you feel like you're in enemy territory, because and you can still get juiced up because you've got you you just flew from somewhere, and it's like, like all your, of us. Your walk through where you walk on the field the night before, right? Shoot around in basketball. Like you can still get up for because it's yeah. something different. Whereas Iowa State, they've they had practice in there five times. This it probably felt like a practice, and it, they looked like it was a practice. They, it they, felt to me like did. a practice. And then all of a sudden you you're up and you're up ten to seven and a half, you got the ball, and you're like, okay, well we'll be fine. And then it's like Louisiana makes a couple plays here in the third quarter, and it's like, uh oh. And you're done. It, it was almost too laissez faire where Iowa State got comfortable in the setting and everything else, and then Louisiana punched them in the face. They didn't have a response. What do you think, if you had to make a guess, is the issue with this September deal? Um, it's, for me, the one team that did not have a problem was one with ready-made playmakers that knew their role. I mean, let's mm-hmm. think about that 17 team that just rolled through. I mean, but then even then, they struggled. I mean, they then they lost a couple of games. But for mm-hmm. me, you've got... Uh, enough question marks where Brock Purdy is a timing player. I mean, he really is. He is He is based on rhythm and timing. He's not going to out-athlete you. Mike from Waterloo wants him benched. Well, I heard that. Like, really? I mean, this is the problem. Like, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it yesterday on Twitter or anything. It's like, just, I understand. It was an awful loss. Um, but, no, I just think it's a timing slash Iowa State still can't Clemson you and just, you know, totally out-athlete everybody all the, all the way across the field. And maybe stop a punt and a kick return, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think there's one thing you can point to. It's like, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a strength and conditioning issue or it's a focus issue. Saturday, in my opinion, not relatable to the others. Because this has been such a effed up year that this thing had its own circumstances beyond slow yeah. starts of the past. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, okay, it's a bummer though, man. Like I, yeah, listen, like I'm. This is not. I mean, this year has sucked enough to have this on top of it. But when you thought this would be the reprieve, it, yeah, I mean, this is that brutal. brutal. It's not good. And now you got to wait. I, and fester for two weeks. Well, so we live in the same neighborhood. You could probably imagine. So I I left. 
I don't know, five minutes left yesterday to drive to the station to do Cyclone Reaction. By the way, I was glad that I wasn't at the stadium. It was depressing to me. Like, I, I'd i rather do it the way I did it than have to see it like you did. It uh, So we say it felt like a practice. It's like, oh, this is actually, oh, wait a second now. This this matters? I mean, that's, yeah. Um, I, so I, I drive I around the people corner. People were glad they weren't there. But yeah. I drive around the corner, and I see a group of Cyclone fans. They they put a TV out in the garage, uh, yeah. and they're watching the game, and just like the look of utter depletion on their face. And, uh, yeah, I, it spoke for everybody. Um I think they'll bounce back, to be honest. I, I really – I mean, I, I still saw enough, believe it or not, specifically from the defense. Right. Now, the offense have got to do some things, clearly. But we've seen Brock. We know he's a player. We we know who Brees Hall is. We know the receivers I'm a little concerned about, but I still think Xavier Hutchison, like he looked – Jittery to me the he whole did. game. Yeah, he looked like it was. And he his had first some game. catchable balls that you got to just make. Yeah. You got to make the play. You'll. He was there. He was in position. You just got to make the play. Get Kolar back. Like there's there's some reasons to think that they'll be fine. Sean there. Shaw's done it. He had a couple yeah. bad ones yesterday too. Uh, I'm more concerned about the scheme than I am any of the talent. Which, but we've also seen Matt Campbell be able to adjust throughout the years. I'd be shocked if Mick McCall is not more involved in I'm not saying he's going to be like the play caller or anything. Yeah. But I almost think you have to I really do because it's Big 12 now. Like it, I, be, I I'd like to see I would love to be a fly on the wall this week to see how that conversation's going. Yeah, it's just a strange thing cuz I I keep coming back where what what changed from you know, Iowa State at top 25 offense last year to yesterday. I mean, that, Brock Purdy threw for four. I'm telling he you, threw for four thousand yards a year ago. I'm telling you, it it's that four point one yards per pass attempt yeah. is an alarming stat, and that to me, that's the difference. And they didn't. I mean, if you don't they, have any, Brent, they didn't have a single play over twenty. Yards. I know they didn't. They tried. I mean, they had a couple deep shots that that fell empty. The but one, what, the so longest what, play from scrimmage, Brock threw into triple coverage. Yep, I understand. I try. Oh, I. So like that's to me like I I don't that's why I'm not looking at like the players and well these guys suck no I don't I don't think that that's the case I think that their game plan um w- wasn't working to the effect maybe it would have if Brees doesn't fumble and they punch it in there it's a whole different deal but they didn't adjust to it and they got outscored twenty one to nothing in the second yeah. half no I know second half was really bad I thought first half was fine. I did too. Um, from an offensive standpoint, and then again, get the ball. You know, first downs were generally okay. Like that's it. If you talk to Campbell and Manning, their their biggest down is first down because you got to get. You know, you want to get five six yards. Get they got into second, short, third, yeah. manageable and a they, lot. And they actually showed the ability yesterday to, like on third and two, run it that too. And because we haven't really ever seen that other than when David Montgomery was breaking like six tackles to do so. So that was encouraging. Yep. It's just forever. They got into these weird like third. It seemed like third and manageable. They didn't convert many at all, all, all game long. And 
I still think the pieces are there. I thought the line was okay when Downing was in. And then... And it, pass pro really then struggled. It, then it struggled yeah. after that. But you're also in a lot more obvious passing situations because you were down. Right. Which that's a... That was but if, a you, if you're at four and a half yards of carry, that that's fine. Um, I, Which gives me confidence that... The, at least they're physical, right on the line. That they can they can move some people. It's easier to teach pass protection than it is 100%. run blocking. And you've seen you've seen Iowa State lines get better as the year progresses. I mean, yeah. here in in 2016, which that year got better as the year went on. Iowa State ran 25 times for 48 yards against you and I, under two yards of carry. Okay, this was a lot better than that. I mean, you've got you've got more talent in that offensive line room. I think they'll be fine. Like I'm not. I'm not completely concerned as long as Downing is healthy. And these running backs, we know are talented. We know the wide receivers are capable. I just think it's a matter of how do you sync it all up? And Jack made a good point on the reaction show. Offense is always a little bit, a little bit further behind than the defense. We know the defense is going to be good enough. If the offense can get from, from, you know, below average yesterday, I would say poor yesterday to even average, they're going to be in these games. I know the oh, whole yeah. thing is like, yeah. oh, T- oh, you know, this Big 12 is loaded loaded offensively. Yeah. It, you watched it, the games it, yesterday? You're right. I mean, I think Iowa State, the, perhaps the whole playoff conversation, it wasn't just Cyclone Fanatic people, by the way. You had Chris Falica from ESPN and, and others as Iowa State as a dark horse. I got some of that on Twitter. Like, oh, looks like you're the hype train got out of control here. It's like, well, Iowa State was ranked 15th all things considered. So, you know, some of that. But I, I just I just think we you can overreact to one game and I think that with the defense, with the pieces that are have proven it already on offense, and then again shore up special teams a little bit, I would say it's gonna be in these games. One other stat for you. In the last fourteen games now, Chris, in eight of them, Iowa State has not forced a turnover. So that's gotta Man. change. I mean, yeah. you just, in 2017, which was that, you know, Lazard season when he was a senior and Iowa State, you know, really shifted the culture. Iowa State forced 30 turnovers that year, uh, was top 15 in the country. In the year since, 82nd, 78th, and then this year, zero turnovers forced. Like, turnover yeah. margin, we always talk about it, is a big deal. And if you're going to be negative two in turnover margin, you're just not going to win any games. And they got to start forcing some of these turnovers and giving your offense shorter fields, which uh, which would certainly help the cause to get points on the board. All right. Um, real quick before we move on, we'll do some more positive type talk, I promise. Well, we'll try. Uh, I want to thank a couple of sponsors. Bloom, first of all, our friends at the Franklin Barbershop. I made, it, made a big decision here that I am going to grow this beard. <laughs> I'm not cutting it until the clones are done with basketball this year. So it could be, you, know, you ready for that? April 2nd, if we go to the national championship game. Until <laughs> we cut down the nets. That's right. Until Steve Prohm's holding that net up high with Cass in one arm. <laughs> I talked to Coach yesterday on that. So cycle. how did that go? It was fine. It was good. I mean, I got to talk. I had never really spoken with J.J. Moses before in my life, and he oh. was like my favorite cyclone growing up because we're oh, both. Oh, so that, you had a big moment for you. That was, I mean, it's probably bigger for me than for JJ, but it was it was fun. So he was fun. George was great. Niang, um, and then S- Steve. Steve was a pretty good analyst of the football team, but also he sounded he sounds like he's got some confidence in 
not only this year's team, and he couldn't talk name specifics, but he was pretty pleased with how recruiting is going on the basketball front. Seems like and it. And they've got a name. I don't know if we can talk about it. Well, we can. Steve can. But is it Tyrese Hunter? Mm-hmm. He's a player. Good player. Nice player. So he, I, it was good to talk to Steve. He's got a nice beard going, too. Not it's quite as nice as yours, but. Yeah. Mine, I just like. It's really strong here. But I just like it up near the... Keep, keep it going? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going with it. But I figure I probably can need some help from my friends at the Franklin Barbershop. I'm going to stop there this week, I think. You're going to go this week? Yeah, it's time. Because I'm growing. I'm finally going to grow my hair back. I'm done taking the razor to it. Because it's getting chilly. You know, last week was kind of a wake-up call to me. So I'm going to need then to start fading it. Because otherwise, I just look like a Brillo pad because the hair is all <laughs> the same length all the way around. You work with you. Yeah, but I just wanted to uh, give a shout-out to our friends at the Franklin Barbershop. You can find them at franklinbarbershop.com. And it takes you to the sweet um, spot where you can just make your appointment right on the um, just right on the Internet. And then it goes straight to your like calendar. It's very slick. It's, it's powered by GenBook is what it is. But, yeah. Uh, and, and, again, I would suggest going – from that 10 to 11 spot so you can price watch right. watch the prices right with the guys. And don't forget about the uh, shrine to Tom Jones uh, in the restroom. Franklin Barbershop, they're a supporter of us here at CycloneFanatic.com and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, as are our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Now, I got a um, message from Jeff this week. Yeah. He owns Gravitate Coworking. And... He pointed out, yes, that they do have coffee. We were, we were breaking that down last week. Yes. They also have um, local craft beer. So In the office. Yes. If you're a Big member, um, like, the, he made sure to tell me, like, we're not, like, partying. <laughs> but, like. You could entertain clients. He said they have a lot of folks who, like, are self-employed who on Friday afternoons, they just want to get out of their house and at about 3 o'clock, they'll have a beer with everybody else there, and it's a nice networking type deal. But, uh, yeah, give them a shout. Again, so Bloom, if somebody missed it last week, you've actually gone and worked here. It's Gravitate Coworking. They've got a Locust Avenue location, a Windsor Heights location. Real quick, because you've actually been there. Give us, a, um, yeah, give it, us an it's, endorsement it's here. It's basically an office space uh, with a bunch of – you know, either solo folks, solo business folks, or, you know, small business. And they provide all of the office niceties um, without having to have your own office space. So it's, and by the way, the location, I've been in the one downtown Des Moines. It is perfect. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a, would be a great place if you're tired of working at home or you're on your own, or you're a part of a big corporation, you just want another outlet to work, uh, I think the prices are pretty reasonable, and you can be around other work workers as well and get out of the house. And not go crazy. Not go crazy. Gravitatecoworking.com. Best thing about the um, Williams & Bloom Sunday Night Pod is all of our sponsors are like, we know them all personally. A lot of small businesses here, and they are diehard cyclones. Jeff included. Yep. So give him a shout. Uh, okay. Some positives from yesterday. Um, the big one that stood out to me uh, was Bankston in the middle and Josh Bailey. Like you said, I, I think that that defensive line is going to have a special year is, you know, 
all things considered. Yes. I thought Jaquan looked like the exact guy we wanted to see last year before he got hurt. Will McDonald got a sack. Um, I I love that group. Uh, I love John Haycock still. And um, the you know the corners or they're probably going to have a couple of moments. They'll have some games where they struggle. Yeah, just because the talent in the conference. But I, I, they also didn't get a lot of opportunities to do much yesterday because of the game plan that Louis. Once Louisiana got the special team, I mean, they really weren't trying to stretch the field no. much. And plus, they couldn't. They were content to run the clock. They couldn't because of the de- dominance of that defensive line. So that's a really, like, really. I mean, despite the loss, it's a really good. That is a really good sign going into the Big Twelve season. Two big. I talk about it all the time. Two biggest factors for success in college football. Uh, number one is your run defense, and number two is turnovers margin. Well, Iowa State was awful to turnover margin yesterday, but run defense was fine. Three yards a carry will win you a lot of ball games. And you mentioned all those guys. I thought Aishim Young looked really good. Fat, I mean, in person, fast. Mm-hmm. That guy's got, he's got a burst to him. Greg Eisworth looked healthy. That defense is going to keep Iowa State in a lot of games. And the one big play, I don't know who was at fault there. I think maybe it's DJ Miller. I think so. Um, but, again, those things happen. But the defense, more than fine, more than capable, and will be the strength of Iowa State. No doubt. And, and again, to just recap the offensive stuff, it, they've got talented guys. Now the coaches and the scheme has to give them a shot, too. Yeah, because because Brock will be better. Like I, there's not like a doubt. Like oh, Purdy's lost his step. Like he will be. But that might have been the worst game he's ever played. And I was just State. off, and and the guys weren't getting open. Correct. Um, and the field was a little wet. It was it was just, and then again, like you said, Iowa State's game plan, in my opinion, I agree with you, was to just run it at them, and they were having success doing that. And then they get behind, and the Iowa State couldn't pivot quick enough. The one time they tried, Purdy gets intercepted, and it was just just joined in the second half. But I, I don't, you know, certainly not the result you wanted, but I, I don't think you can completely write off this season because of, you know, one poor half offensively. What, did, what is your overall, and then I want to go to some other topics. How good is Louisiana? They're they're okay. So they I mean, they punked us at home, and I'm still kind of like, ah, they, they weren't as they, good as I thought they would be. The running backs, big-time big, big time players. I mean, the, the Regis kids, big and physical, and yeah. was was impressive in person. Their defensive front seven was better than I thought. Yeah, I, and I thought just man-to-man, athletically, we're right there with Iowa State. I mean, yeah. so I was watching Kansas, Coastal Carolina, and Coastal Carolina was the better team by far. Um, in Kansas? In Kansas. Oh, yeah. But they had Ur- Urban Meyer was doing pregame. And you know he probably caught like just the highlights of, of Iowa State and Louisiana, but he, he felt righteous enough to comment on Iowa State's lack of power five speed during that. It's like, come on, man. Is that like, a shot at Campbell? What, not, maybe. I mean, I, you, it makes you wonder. But he was basically saying, you know, power, Sunbelt teams should not be running away from Power five teams, and they showed, of course, the kick return for a touchdown in the in the long pass. Um, which fair enough, but I don't think that's so. From that aspect, I thought just speed wise, Louisiana was right there, and they for had the some rec- guys. Most Sun Belt teams 
speed is not the issue. Well, the Smith kid who was a kick returner is like a like a track guy on their track team too. He's got legit sprinter speed. It's fine, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think they were they were okay schematically. They were, I I thought defensively they were did a nice job of just keeping everything in front of them. Which credit to them, they basically did the three man front thing that Iowa State's been so good at. It's like make make the other team move the ball down the field, and Iowa State couldn't do it. And we saw it now with Haycock. Now Iowa State's got, I think, got better players on that defense. But if you're at a little bit of a talent, either even or at a disadvantage, the best thing you can do is make someone earn it. And Iowa State couldn't. Yeah. And give him credit for that. I th- I think Napier's a really good coach, by the way. I do. He he'll, will, he'll be a power. He'll five be a power five year. coach next year. In yeah. fact, he could have potentially had the Missouri job and didn't take it. I don't blame him. That's yeah. a bad job. But he'll be. So I mean, just his pedigree, right? I mean, the guy coached under. He was the offensive coordinator at Clemson. And then uh, rose to be the wide receivers coach and assistant head coach at Alabama. Like he's this guy, he knows Saban what he's doing. Guy, he's a Saban and a, and a yeah. So again, roster they were they were pretty complete roster all the way. And then I keep coming back to it: you're negative two in turnovers and you give up two special teams touchdowns. You're just not going to win the game. Well said. Uh, okay, let's go on to the rest of the weekend in college football. Did you? I know you were up there, so you didn't get a chance to watch as much as I did. But the the Big Twelve didn't have a great week. Um, Kansas State. I thought they were going to have problems with Arkansas State, and the only reason I said that on their Thursday night you, you show, right. I watched them, and I think there's a major advantage, and Iowa State will have this in two weeks of having a game this year. And um, yeah, Arkansas State looked like a team that had kind of figured itself out. Great point against Kansas State. And then, you know, Kansas is bad like that. They're really bad this year. I mean, I I know that that kind of like breaking (laughs) news sounder, you know, but like it, they're really bad. The, I, I just like, I found myself watching all these games. I just don't know how much anybody can take away from anything, unless you're Clemson or Oklahoma. Same. In week one, like it's everything seems super weird from, you know, the problem. This drove me nuts, by the way. Maybe you can explain this to me in the Iowa State game when Purdy got tackled after the whistle. Yeah, the electronic whistles. I get it like that the guy didn't hear it, but you still can't hit the quarterback after the whistle. Like, right. Why? Why was that not an unsportsmanlike conduct? Just because it's, it's inadvertent doesn't mean he didn't throw our quarterback to the ground. Is it the official's fault? I don't know. But like, kind of a gray area. Everything was so clunky yesterday yes. in college football. So that's another reason why I'm like, ah, be all right. And, and, and maybe it's just me. I mean, I was not pleased with the result, but it was hard to be like um, K-State 2015 just pissed because everything else is going on. It's like, well, add it to the list of 2020. I mean... I don't know. Like Florida State struggled. Look at all the teams that struggled. Notre Dame struggled to put away Duke. Like it's just it's going to be a strange year. And when you don't have the normalcy of being home, it just you throw eighteen to twenty two year olds in an unfamiliar place, and yeah, I mean you're just gonna, you're going to have strange results all year long. I agree. I've just, and then even today, I know you tweeted about it, but the 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 Vikings and the Packers, and it just felt like dude, I. What? Can I? What is, what, is, you know, what is this? You know of all people how big of a Vikings yes, fan I am. Yes, I know. 
I was I have not read a single article on them leading up to the season. And to I was downright like physically like ill watching that kickoff. Empty. And then they did the thing with George Floyd's family, which was nice to like but then they didn't blow the horn. Like in that I got like the symbolicness of all that. Yes. But like that place is so special to me. And to have a Vikings Packers game with no fans. Yeah. In silence yeah. was like I mean, I watched it and I probably would feel different if my team had won by obviously, but like I couldn't finish the game. Like in and, and again, like it, the Vikings were getting beat, so I get it. I you know, I'm biased here, but that was the first sports without fans where I was like, holy crap. There are two. WrestleMania is one <laughs> because that is such a show, right? Yeah. Like, and they, the back and then the WWE is like, if you watch a WWE product right now compared to in April when they were just figuring all this out, it's, it's gotten better, much better. But I almost felt like that Vikings game, like they, they just didn't care. They were going to show the empty stands. They, the, and then the piped in crowd noise was louder than the, commentators yes. at some points. It was very distracting. I did not enjoy watching much NFL today. You know what I had to do? For, and I, I totally agree. I had to mute it. Hmm. Like, I just can't. Because they didn't show a lot between that game and then I watched a lot of Buccaneers and Saints. They didn't show a lot of the crowd. You can kind of maybe forget about it while they're on the field. And if you don't have the sound on, I could kind of pretend. But I agree. It was very disorienting. And I'm telling you, and Jack Trice on Saturday was in person. It was even worse. So, I it, it has an effect. Like, I, I know you that, can say you can say, well, Louisiana played in it too. It didn't matter to them. It. I'm telling you, when you're used to one thing and you get a whole different other thing, it 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 mattered. And I I know they don't want to admit it, but it was just off. Everything felt off yesterday. Can I say one more thing about, like, and we, we took a call on reaction, but I'm actually writing about this too. Um, the Matt Campbell coach speak conversation, right? Because he, he, Matt is never going to give up much in post. Not in public. Um, a lot of fans are starting to pile on Matt about just saying the same, like, five talking points over and over again. And, like, my whole thing, guys, is, like, one, like, he's been here five years now. You know who he is. He's not – people used to criticize Paul Rhodes for acting like a maniac on the sideline. Now or, they, a presser, or a it, press conference. Yeah, yeah, now they criticize Matt Campbell because he's not emotional enough. Yep. Uh, when Matt makes the a lot of the comments that you're hearing, he's trying to protect his players. Like, it, he – that's what he's doing. He's never, like, I think fans get so emotional after these games, they want him to be like, oh, Brock Purdy sucked today. He's never going to do that. Ever. Correct. So I just, I, I try and do How, a little. Some, however, if you're around him at all or know people that are in that locker room after the game, it is a totally separate conversation with the players, as it yes. should be. I mean, I think it's that's the way to do it. I mean, Matt you're not... Will, you're not picking battles in the media with your college age kids. Correct. I just I just wanted to point that out because we got a call about and I've gotten a couple of tweets where people are like, How can he say this? And they're like pulling quotes from it. I'm like, guys, um 
you want the real Matt Campbell, it's like in March when he does these one-on-one things with me. It's when he's he's well, you listen to the coaches show. Yeah, uh, honestly, on Monday nights, it's like he's as vulnerable as you're ever going to get him. Yep, that's true. Way more than the press and conference then, after the game, or and even more so if you get him just with no microphones, cameras, all yeah. that stuff. He's he's a professional. Like he knows he knows nothing good can come out of um talking ill of his players. Yeah, like that that just think, doesn't doesn't help. I think diehard fans just they want like that. They want to see the same amount of emotion that they have, and but the thing is, Matt, he knows not to give you that for his own strategic purposes, and not only that, but the whole, yeah, the reality too, student athlete thing during a worldwide pandemic, like, yeah, to go out and just crush, crush him right now would not play well. I still the story and. This was three years ago now, so it's it's probably open for interpretation or open for discussion. But the K State game down in Manhattan um, with uh, Al Lazard should have been pass interference and nothing was called. And this is not about players, but it's about uh, public comments. And then Matt was very politically correct in that post game about, uh, well, you know, the call was what it was, and you know we got to play through it, and on and on and on. And then privately, what he was saying to you. Yeah. Uh, after the game and yeah. others, and he was not yeah. PC. I mean, he knows the, the buttons you can push in the public eye and the ones you can't. And so, yeah, press conference Matt Campbell is not uh, locker room Matt Campbell. Um, okay, uh, elsewhere, just a, a bit of news here before we let you guys go. It does sound like the Big Ten's going to have a vote here in the next 24 to 48 hours where they're going to... And this is going to get really interesting. How many games do they need to play well, to be eligible? That's because they're going to try, it looks like, an October 17th start. And they want to have their championship game on the same day. Get eight games in then? Nine? It looked like nine games, or nine weeks, eight games. Man. And then they still want to be eligible for the playoff. I did uh, find the Hawkeye fans that were extra boisterous yesterday. Interesting. Interesting or nauseating? Do you need a little more of that, Cody? Yeah. Rudd? I was just like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a couple weeks. Hmm. It was very off-putting for me. Yeah. I was like, come on. It's like very a- off-putting for me. Just like I've been trying to tell Iowa State fans, don't mock them right. because they <laughs> right. because they're not because they cannot control the fact that their team is not playing. Like, just, you know, yeah. try and refrain from that because the Big 12 could blow up any day and decide they're not going to play anymore and then you'd look yeah, stupid. Anyway, just like, I something it, it I, don't, very I, don't, I don't need that today, but thank you for your input. Yeah. I had the block button now a little bit. I don't block much anymore. I've been muting a lot. That's probably good. Because if, you, cause if I block, then they then can, they like, know. take a screenshot of it and then they, like, brag to their friends. <laughs> And I don't want to give them the fair enough. There um, you go. No, so that that's something to keep yeah. an eye on. And then we'll have the conversation. I I don't know if they should be eligible or not, um, but I don't think these other three conferences should go out of their way to Mm-mm. appease the Big Ten. The Big Ten did this to itself Correct. by turning its back on its peers. Correct. 
and I and that that shouldn't be forgotten here. Now I'm not saying like we need to be like hold grudges and draw a line in the sand forever, but I like this is difficult enough to handle your own stuff. Like now, like it's part of my French, but it's not the Big Twelve, SEC, and ACC's fault for the Big Ten didn't have its shit together, right? And wasn't communicating or, well, and like, not, even, not even that is that they thought they were all yeah the Almighty here, and that everyone should follow them. Correct. And now that it's not, well, now all of a sudden you're going to revote after you've seen it successfully take off in other conferences, which... And they again, can, like... They I, can say the medical stuff, and yeah, the medical stuff's gotten better. The testing stuff is getting better from all yeah, accounts. Yeah, and so. I, Brent, I still don't know. Good, good for them. Maybe they're the right ones here for waiting. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I, I know that these other three leagues have gone through hell to get their product out there and it's going okay. Let me throw this out at you because I think this is a legit thing. Um, you've, we've talked on this podcast about the politics involved. I still think there are going to be some presidents involved with the big 10. I, I think they need to get what? 10 votes. They need nine, nine. Sounds like Wisconsin is already committed to switching. So they're at four. Okay. But there's going to be some like Michigan. Are they going to like, well, the Rutgers guy came out this week, Basically saying, you know, to the to President Trump, like, we don't need you making this political. And there is a political element. If, if Chris, and I know that I'm, I'm just commenting here. I'm not ad, advocating one way or another. If Big Ten football gets resumed in October, that will be celebrated as a big win for President Trump in those states. Mm-hmm. Because he can say, I'm the one who exerted pressure here in You're know, right. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio. There's I'll, literally Iowa too. I, I mean, to, not to pat ourselves on the back too much for our predictions. But two weeks ago in Michigan, Joe Biden was running ads yes. that Donald Trump's failed response yes. to the pandemic is why you don't have football. Yep. At the same time, Trump was running. Joe Biden is the reason why we don't have football, football. Uh, because, because of his politics. It's kind of crazy how it's all kind of <laughs> happened. When we, some of the stuff was like, we're just kind of throwing darts, but it's, it's come to fruition here. But no, this I'm saying like, there's going to be political pressure in a weird way on some of these presidents to still vote no for that reason. Even though you saw Michigan now acts men's track and field, men's and women's track and field, like it's getting pretty serious Minnesota for some of the budget cuts. Cut a yeah. bunch of... Yeah. So oh, anyway. Speaking of politics, what did you think of the Pollard podcast? <laughs> I, don't, I haven't even talked to you about that. Uh, I got to forward you an email I got from an Iowa State faculty member. I can't imagine it was great. I'll forward you the email. I heard from some academia folks. Mm-hmm. Did not go over <laughs> really Here, well. But you know what I told my guys? And and I mean this. I, I said, we all have the ability to get our message out. Okay? Yep. The reason why the response to Jamie Pollard was overwhelmingly positive, like 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm is because of the authenticity and honesty in which he delivered it. And that is lacking so much in our world right now. And it's refreshing for people to hear somebody just say what's on their mind and just let it all out. And I I said to the academia folks who reached out to me, you guys could find a way to get your side out too. And they will. I mean, they have their methods. But like, it'll probably be stuffy and... Through not some as back effect. channels, right? This is very real. I mean, yep. this is communication one on one, and like, if you, even if you don't agree with Jamie, this is my point the whole time. 
I don't know enough about the – I'm not like you. You know all the ins and outs of the university. Not all of them, but – A lot of them. Yeah. You work in academia. I, and, yes. You work in higher education. In a way, yes. Yes. I don't. I work in media and uh, sure athletics. Um, you know, don't don't say the guy isn't up front with you. You know, that's my whole thing. I could see if you're on the other end of that deal, probably hurtful. From what I understand, there's there's a lot of faculty that believes he lumped them all in one. Right. And that this is it was a stereotypical type thing that he, that Jamie was doing. Again, but I did the same thing, Brent. I told you months ago. You, I yep. said the faculty is going to fight this, right? And and I think it's too easy to predict. The problem here is is a lot of times, and it you get either oh you're you're pro academics, you're pro athletics, and in reality, there are a lot of faculty members that are both. Uh, I think what just to be completely honest, what what I've heard some feedback from some folks is. They didn't necessarily agree with Jamie's assertion that the faculty haven't taken a pay cut. Now, let me set the, the record here. The They haven't necessarily taken a pay cut just from salary, but everybody at Iowa State has had to take a, it was a 2% reduction in um, retirement match. Okay. Plus. What do you guys only get like 8% now? I don't know the exact number. <laughs> Jeez. But. Um, <laughs> Come on into the private industry and the, see what that's like. And My the other, God. but the other part is a you lot. Guys, get your diapers still. <laughs> so, Iowa State has How's your healthcare. Five per- healthcare still pretty good. What's that? It's a nice. What's benefit. that copay like? Yeah. When you have how many workers? I mean, you Just, get the, uh, I'm kidding. Don't get all sensitive. No, but I'm pointing no, out your lives but, aren't that bad. No, I know, I know. But five. So, but Iowa State five percent every single business unit across the board. They need a five percent reduction in budget for the next two years. Yeah. So that's probably going to be hit with no re- no hiring, um, salaries at least frozen. So it's not as if these, you know, faculty members are just going out and, you know, getting big bumps of pay. I mean, they, they, in a way, they, they have been reduced. Not not 10%, not 25% like some of the athletic folks. So I get that part. But I think the more more so than that, just the, the from the, the financials, is – there are a lot of faculty members that are supportive of athletics and student athletes and want them to succeed. Yes. And I think, you know, Jamie's point was totally well heard of. There are people fighting him on the academic side. I do think that's a, that's a minority of the general faculty. But again, sometimes there's this whole process. And Jamie said the same thing is the loudest voices, unfortunately get heard. And so I think he was trying to, bring his voice to try and quiet some of those other voices. I, and they are, they are yeah. fighting him. I mean, there are some people that are really fighting him right now and he had to do this to get the message out. But I, but then again, I don't think you can lump in all Iowa state faculty into what could be just a, a select few in the, you know, the, the, the prominent roles in the faculty. I just kind of felt like it was for what it's worth to. I've had a lot of people ask me if I knew what I was getting into. I had no idea. Like, I thought we were just going to talk. I wanted to talk about, like, the C.Y. Stevens yeah. thing and just get more clarity on it. And that, because I pitched Jamie the interview. It's not like he said to me, hey, Chris, you want to come and, here, will you interview me and let me go off? Sure, sure. No, like, I texted him on Sunday, and I said, I, I'd, I would love to get, get more information on, on this because I'm reading all this stuff about people pissed off about C.Y. Stevens. And, like, I'm like, you guys don't, you don't have the information here. Yeah. 
like the, the people who are really mad, like they didn't understand like the fact that athletics is like a really big part of why that place is even still functioning. Right. You know, and that, right. that was kind of where I came from. Um, yeah. But I, you know what though? Um, I just respect the hell out of Pollard. Oh, just I for, completely just in, in a world, in a world full of noise, like the guy can authentically get his point across and just be so well spoken at it. Again, you don't have to agree with him, I, and I know a lot of people don't. But that's that's why it was so positive. Like in in that, what he did was so different than a university press release. Yep, and powerful for those people in the athletic department staff because they said that's a guy that's going to fight for me. Yes, and you know when you have a boss, a supervisor, a manager. It's it's one thing for okay we're all doing well compensation wise but more than anything I want that person to have my back and Jamie's got their back and that's what I think the best thing you can say for a leader now what he may say sometimes will rub people the wrong way but he's got my back would you rather I think, I think Iowa State fans all feel that about him you know Jamie has said some things over the years it's like man probably wouldn't have phrased it that way <laughs> you know I don't know if I'd have barked up that tree but then again I know. That guy has my back as a fan too, and I think you got to respect the hell out of that. What pissed me off about the whole thing was the the fact that he like that entertainment district that he's been trying to build. Yep. I mean he he really was responding to the city of Ames by not wanting to bring in a convention center and do all that stuff. So he's like, well, screw that. Like, I'm going to do it do on myself. my own. Mm-hmm. And then the city of Ames, which he's embedded to, is going to benefit from this, and so will the university. And I don't know. Like, I, I think that there's a little bit of, like, to me, it's a microcosm of everything that's going on. I, I could point at the Des Moines Public Schools versus the governor. Yep. There's got to be middle ground. I thought Jamie was just kind of firing off a warning shot. I I don't think he was ever going to close CY Stevens or do any of that. I, this was a warning shot saying like, okay, this is where we are. You guys made it clear last week where you are when you barred us from being able to have fans at a football game. Now we got to find a place to meet in the middle before Oklahoma comes to town. Exactly. That's how I yeah, comprehend I, I think, it. I, I think that's pretty accurate. And, and he rallied his base. Right. And I think the point got across, and again, sometimes tact is not, you know, the, or politically correct and all all that stuff is not in Jamie's wheelhouse, but I, I am optimistic about fans for Oklahoma. I am too. So. I, I'm sorry. There's no reason why there shouldn't be some fans at these games. Look at, I thought the perfect example, um, and, and just from a view of, I mean, it's, again, watchability should not be a concern in the whole COVID. I understand that. But Kansas City, the Chiefs, and Texans on Thursday night, they had, what, 20% capacity. Looks like people were in groups. K-State looked fine. K-State looked fine. Uh, I think you can I think you can pull this off and do it safely. It was amazing to me how cavernous Jack Trice really is. Like, you, you can get, get 15,000 people in there and not have a public health crisis, in my opinion. I would agree. Do we have to? Do we have to say the we're not epidemiologists, though? I think that's a given. By I now. mean, you, you just have to say that though, because then people will accuse you of trying to kill their grandma. 
Would you rather be an epidemiologist or an offensive coordinator? <laughs> it was kind of nice, Chris. Let me, let me, before we end, it was nice to get pissed off Cyclone Twitter rather than political or public health Twitter for I, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I, the pissed off Cyclone Twitter is, uh, it's a nightmare for me. It can be. But it's like, well, it kind of feels normal I, for a little bit. Let's really, go. Let's fire some people. I re- <laughs> Come on. Except, uh, I mean. It's a joke. I obviously don't want people I mean, I even got the one today, like, comparing Rhodes' first five years to Campbell's, like, record. But, like, <sighs> and I loved Paul. Look, like, look, look. We're in my office. Yeah. Who, who are you looking at right there? I got Paul Rhodes stuff all over the place. I love the man. But, like, there's, uh, whatever. That's a different deal. We're not going to get into it. No, but so back to it, back to the start. The mechanics are different in 20 than there was to losses to you and I in 13 or North Dakota state in 14. You did not give up seven and a half yards of carry to a FCS team. Okay. It's different. The timing was not there for Brock. I think it's redeemable. Perhaps there's some greater issues on the offensive end from a schematic standpoint, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this strange year quite yet. Bloom nor I are throwing in the towel on the 2020 season. Also wanted to wish you a happy birthday, you I, and Ozzy. I made it. Yeah, my twin brother coming he, he up. Made uh, it too. 46 years old tomorrow. Uh, 36. Thir- oh, excuse me. It's been it's been 10 years. How been much a decade? How much older do you feel oh. now that you have two boys under the age of three? I don't get carded anymore. Or two under the age of two. Yeah, uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, we have um, so many little kids right, running around. It's hard to tell. Yeah. This last year has aged me quite a bit. Um, it's, but we're here. Year thirty six on the horizon. I always joke, see, uh, that I am exactly three months older than LeBron, <laughs> and I'd like to think that we've had similar accolades in our life. Did your uh? I forgot to, I was going to ask you this. Does, does Oz, your twin brother, does he get really like defensive about the Patriots? Oz, Oz is a big Patriots fan. Well, I made a crack about um, Belichick, like having a cigar when Brady was throwing those picks today. <laughs> Oz like snapped back at me on Twitter. Did he really? He's like, no, Belichick's already watching film for next week, man. <laughs> Oz has turned the oh, table. He's right. turned. He's now Cam Newton. I'm like, Calm down. Oh, so where does Oz stand on the Brady deal? Um, he's oh, he's gonna be a big Tommy fan, but so he's gonna root for the Bucks. Well, and I don't, I don't, but he's he's still right or uh, die with yeah, he's still with Patriots. I, again, my twin brother has is a Mets fan, a Patriots fan, and a Celtics fan. I don't know exactly how, but and a Hawk. And he's a he did go to Iowa, um, but also I think still. He's he's one of those that he'll he'll still root for Iowa State. Well, that's good because well, he, of because of me and my dad, and my other brothers. Yeah, because he's I mean Oz is pretty isolated. He, You're a he is now. Family. It's him and my mom now. Yeah. So what we're the we're the classic. Is your mom house a, divided? A boisterous Iowa fan. She's she's not boisterous, but she'll watch them every week. Yeah. So my mom's. It's pretty cool. I mean, because I've again, I'll give it the Hawk fans the business um, every once in a while. But both of my grandparents on my mom's side were professors at Iowa. Yeah, uh, she grew up in Iowa City. 
So they're those academia folks who yeah, right. would be voting maybe, against fans. Maybe they wouldn't be happy with Pollard. So you're basically like your your family is the reason why Iowa State couldn't have fans. No, I, I'm the guessing. I don't, snotty liberals. I don't, I don't know this, but, but my grandpa, and um, rest in peace, he probably would have uh, helped Lute Olsen and cheat if he wanted to. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact, but. No, you, they were big athletic people too. No, it's so uh, yeah. So happy birthday to my twin brother as well. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Thank you, my man. Yeah. Well, you got plans? Or are you just gonna go to work and grit your teeth? And go? Um, my plan, yeah, not nothing out of the ordinary. Other than I just asked my wife, can I get like two hours tomorrow night just to watch an NBA playoff? Good for you, dude. I good for it's you. It's like the best gift I could get at this. It point. is, man. It's so hard. It is so hard in these days, like. With it, just wait too until you got the virtual learning oh, on top. I don't of know it. How people. I don't know how people do it. Like I can, oh. I can get by with sending my kids to daycare when they're healthy, and uh, you know, don't have to worry about the virtual. I kudos to all you out there for doing this. Yeah, thing, I man. mean, like my my thing is like tomorrow, like tomorrow, well, starting at, um, you know, eight, we'll do virtual learning, and then she has a physical therapy appointment at eleven, and I'll start my day at about one. And then go and tell about midnight. I mean that that's really just kind of the world. Like there's so many parents out there who you have to do it though. Your kids have that, to be educated. That's why like yesterday happens and if that was two years ago I would have just been my week would have been ruined and now it's just kinda like Yeah. That sucks. But all right, on to the next thing I guess. So uh update on, on my life. Cammy scored her first soccer yeah. goal on Saturday. It was a really big deal. Pretty soon she's gonna be like um, Neymar or Mbappé. Mbappé. Hey, she's gonna be Cammy. You know what would make her day is if you bring the boys to one of her games. Oh, we'll do that. It's just right down the street. You can they walk. play Saturdays. It's a five minute walk from your house. Play they Saturday? play Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Three games a week. What well, are we running here? Junior Arsenal, baby. No, we will, we'll, we're there. It only lasts until October third, though, so it's it's okay. like a, it's a short season. No, I, that sounds. Can I can I criticize the coach? <laughs> Bring it on! I'm, I had I have one sweet little girl. This is great. And then we'll go. I won't mention her name for privacy purposes, but she uh, she didn't want to go back in the game, and I kept oh, asking no. her like because we sub every They're three five. minutes, five and six. Okay. And we sub every three minutes, right? So, like, it, you're constantly just making line changes. And she just did not want to go back in the game, and she looked terrified. And I, so I go over, and I sit by her, and I'm like, what's going on? And she she says, Coach Chris, I, I'm i scared of worms. <laughs> well, it had been raining all morning. There like, there, there are worms all over the damn field. And she didn't want anything to do with it. So, best part of the whole thing. It was the first possession Cameron was in. Cameron didn't start. You know, I didn't want to show favoritism. <laughs> I'll so be she, worried about that. Yeah. She came off the bench. And within like a minute of her playing, she comes up to me and goes, Daddy, that boy just stole the ball from me. So it's co-ed. Yeah. She couldn't understand. Damn like, it. that boy just stole the ball from me. <laughs> well, that's, the, that's his and job. And I, I was like, Cameron, that's the point. Now go, go steal it back way. from him. So how how'd the goal happen? Was it like uh, she, so set up through the same a girl, of- The same girl who was afraid of the worms yeah, on, well, on our team. She, so she, she showed some resilience. 
Cameron literally stole the ball from the her teammate who's afraid of worms and kicked it in the goal. <laughs> I was like, well, we're going to have to work on that. But the the look the, on Cameron was... Just happy? I don't know if I've ever seen her happy. That's right? awesome. Like she, That's so cool. I I totally just got choked up because it was just like, she's not an athlete. Like, I, 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 I'm not the dad who's like, oh, yeah. you got to... I got the next, uh, no, yeah, but she like to be, you know, Cameron, yep. she works things up in her head to be so big as you've seen with like the kids car wash and the puppet uh, show and course, all those things right, you've, right. you've seen it. And if it doesn't go the way she expects, she, then she'll let you know. Yeah. And she's, she loves Peppa Pig and we read this Peppa Pig soccer book every night and so she knows what a goal is, and yes, yeah. But that's the only thing she knew about soccer prior to the first game was like that you try and score a goal. So she would have thought she was like a failure if she hadn't. But I think almost all the kids on my team scored a goal, so it was good. We had nah, a good day. That's cool. Yeah, we had so much fun. But you come over, will, uh, you can be the assistant coach one game if you want. I will uh, yell at the officials and try and get the offensive uh, the, coordinator fired. I'm, I'm the official and the coach. Oh, you have to do both. Yeah, and the scorekeeper. Or no, we don't keep score, but I'm doing like the time. You know, I'm, it, I got How long it do these things last? Well, like they, okay, forty. There's minutes. like a hour allotment, but we usually do like drills and stuff okay. for a while, That's, and then forty five minutes. Well, I will gladly walk over just to uh, yell at you from the sideline. Yeah, man. So much. Hey, fun. what's wrong with your system? <laughs> I get carry the ball. <laughs> Poor Tom Manny. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks to our friends at MacDyne. Hey, hang in there, everybody. For sponsoring tonight's podcast. As always, we are fueled by Cody Road. He's Brent. I'm Chris. Later. <laughs>